So it's about doing both. You know, we know the gospel is encouraging, so use it as an encouraging tool. But on the other hand, being practical. What does this person need at the moment? You know, and especially if you see somebody whose behavior has just changed. Sure. You know, that ought to tell you that something's not right. Good day, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Gospel Coalition Africa podcast. You're still hanging out with me, your host, Black Newborn. Uh, and we have a special guest with us today, Ivy. Um, uh, I'll normally let guests just introduce themselves because okay. I'm a terrible uh, information retainer, if that's the proper English. Yes. So you can, you can tell us more about yourself, where you're from, family life, uh, and I think most importantly, how, how you met Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so my name is Ivy, Ivy Mugambi. Yeah. I am from Kenya and um, born and bred. Yeah. And we actually left Kenya about 19 years ago, okay. um, a year after I got married. Um, after that, we landed in Botswana, Kaburoni, and we moved to South Africa six years later. That was in 2007. Sure. Yes. So um, you journeyed Africa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least Southern Africa, <laughs> yeah, trying yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So I am a mom of two girls. Yeah. Uh, they are teenagers, 16 and 13. Ah, I see. Yes. And um, by profession, I am a counselor. Ah. Yes. Good. Uh, and in your journey throughout Africa, <laughs> where did you meet Jesus? <laughs> yes. So it's interesting because it's almost like I had to come to another country to meet Jesus. Sure. So being an African, you know, we are all Christians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was born and raised Catholic and schooled Catholic. Yeah, yeah. And so um, going to church was something we did every Sunday. Sure. You know, your mom took you to church and you went to church, irrespective of whether, you know, anything was going inside your head or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we moved to South Africa, I remember looking for a church. Mm-hmm. And I remember attending a particular church in the area. And after a couple of times, I was like, this isn't working out because I go and I come back and I just feel empty. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, nah, you know, I'd rather stay home and do a hobby, do some gardening, you know, play with the kids. (laughs) Um, But in terms of meeting Jesus, I think it was like, maybe let me say the pathways. I I honestly wouldn't say I was looking for Jesus. That is the funny part. And I, I would, uh, you know, in a sense, even say I'm one of those people when you think I'm not that bad enough. You know, yeah, I haven't yeah. killed anyone. <laughs> I haven't done anything crazy. Yeah. I haven't done drugs. Yeah. So I think it's just by God's grace, he was, I, I would say he was pursuing me yeah. because there were three avenues that happened. Um, so one, I was, when I moved here, I was very sad because okay. I was like, oh my gosh, another country. I don't know anybody, yeah. Ooh. you know, yeah. and I'm like, so you don't have family here? No, I don't have wow. any family sure. here at all. Yeah. All my family is in Kenya. Sure. So... I was like, then what do I do? You know, where do I start again? Yeah. And especially because in Kaburoni, we had met quite a nice community of other ah, Kenyans. Yeah. So when I moved here, I was like, okay, now I've got kids. What do I do? So mm. my younger one was less than a year. And I thought, you know, what do I do with her? And mm. I remember going to the doctor's here in Midrand, and I saw a flyer of tiny tots. Sure, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this could work, this could work. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's at a church, it should be safe. Yeah, this yeah. is Joburg. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the big bad city. Yes. Yeah. It's called, what do they say? It's GP, you know, yeah, yeah. Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I thought, okay, then, you know, and it's free. Yeah. So it means, you know, it's fine and it's in the morning. Yeah. And so it's a group of moms. And then also my young, older one, people had been saying how difficult it is to get into a good school. Yeah. And because yeah. we were both uh, schooled in um, Catholic schools, we were like, let them go to a faith-based school. Sure. Then at least we know that, you know, the world is crazy. You know, yeah. you realize when you get kids, um, you get so scared, like, what am yeah. I bringing my child to? Yeah, you know, sure. you know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, at least if it's a Christian school, yeah. uh, they'll be indoctrinated with Christianity <laughs> in that school. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> I can live with that. Yeah. So when we came here at the time, um, one of the requirements was they said, do you go to a church? Okay. And for some reason, I think because of coming to Tiny Tots, we had just come here a couple of Sundays. Ah, I see. And they yeah. didn't even ask us how long, yeah. because they generally do ask you, you yeah. know, it yeah. needs to be for a couple of times. So yeah. we'd been coming to Christ Church, and um, between Martin's preaching, sure. um, it was very odd for me to be able to come to a church where you're told, open your Bible, mm. you know. Sure. <laughs> I, I'd never opened a Bible. Yeah. So when I get married, you are given a Bible by your mom's women's friends. Ah, I see. Okay. But I had never opened it. Yeah, yeah. This was like eight years later. <laughs> it was gathering dust. Sure. So it is sad to say that, but um, just the way the church services happen here, and yeah. it's not an embarrassment, and even being told, go to the index, you mm. know, go to this book, and you know follow with me read with me sure. for me that was quite empowering and shocking like mm. oh so i can actually read for myself sure. and i think over time i wouldn't say there's one definitive moment mm. so i do know i ticked the box sure. but even by then it was like yeah okay sounds cool i don't want to go to hell yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> you know yeah. so it's been a journey where you realize you know it's actually a relationship and yes. i'm actually a sinner you yes. know i actually you know like i don't deserve yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know, I don't deserve God's grace and he's been so good to me, you sure. know, and so yeah, so meeting Jesus has honestly been a journey mm, that mm, I realized, mm. and even now, I always get shocked, you know, yeah. that every time you read something, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure I've read this book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. that that's is powerful. how I've met Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's good. Mm. Um, and <coughs> did, did that relationship with Jesus inspire the work you're doing now? Mm. Um, or had you always wanted to get into counseling? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit about that? How did you end up there? Okay, yeah. okay, sure. Yeah, so again, I don't know, my journey has been weird. All I knew is, so I did have a, 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 a BCom degree. Okay. But I knew, and we were running a business and I was doing the accounting and admin. Yeah. But I absolutely did not like it. <laughs> it's numbers. It was numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I think, you know, and I was, what I was clear about is I want to change careers. Sure. And I wanted to work with people. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, you know, I can't do business anymore. I yes. can't do this corporate. I can't imagine myself, you know, in, in like marketing or advertising or any of these yeah, yeah. professions. Sure. And so I thought, um, and people intrigue me generally, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a people watcher. <laughs> yeah, I can sure. sit in a mall and observe, you know. <laughs> You're not creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And before I became a Christian, I think I also used to philosophize a lot. I used ah. to like calling myself a philosopher. Just wondering, what's the point of life? Yeah, so yeah, I study, yeah. finish matric, go to varsity, then what? And, yeah. Get kids, done what? You yeah. know, it just all looks so pointless, sure. you know? Yeah. And so for me, it was almost like, I want to understand people. Yeah. 
and um, so coming here, I don't know, I think it just occurred to me, I want to do psychology, I want to do counseling. At the time, I didn't realize it was going to be a long journey. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I think when you have, like, when you have something is calling you, when you've yeah. got a passion for something, yeah. actually the years don't matter. Yeah. You know, you find yourself like, what does it matter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. The way you want to be, the way you're supposed to be. <laughs> exactly, yeah, you know? Yeah. But again, the interesting part is I've always thought of myself as not having any gift. Ah, because for me a gift was you know you're a good singer yeah, you, you, yeah. you know you can do you can do things that are tangible yes, you're a preacher preacher yes. actor you know yes. you can make some art yes. you know sure so when i did start this journey of mine i mean psychology was interesting because I think knowledge is powerful because mm. realizing there's different types of intelligence then I rea realize there's things like interpersonal knowledge sure. you know intelligence there's yeah. intrapersonal knowledge whereby you actually get to you can connect with people easier yeah, yeah. and and for me that was shocking you know sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think just coming to realize that I love what I do yeah. this is actually a career and um, also what was coincidental was my mom after retirement yes. because she was a principal she actually went to do on her masters ah, she was a counselor in yeah, Kenya yeah. Wow. but I don't recall that being why I came into it yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just an interesting yeah. mix sure. um, but she's also inspired me yeah, she's yeah. inspired me because she you know she keeps going at it and it's, it's about just making a difference in a person's life, mm. you know, and even if it's one person at a time, mm. it, it's, it's, it's that one person, you know, we can't yeah. all save the world, sure. but we can actually do something for someone. And one person today, you know, every day is 30 people in a yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And, and I think just off of that, because mm. um, what we're going to be talking about today yes. um, is, I think in a, in a broad sense, Yes. It's, it's darkness and light, yes. um, particularly what's happening uh, in, in the country. And mm -hmm. we've seen it across the world as well, just uh, violence against women, um, whether it's sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and, and in, in, in all of that and through that, how does the gospel then shine and, and bring solutions and bring hope to that? Yes. So in one sense, I mean, it's a big topic, yeah. and we're not going to finish it today. <laughs> yes. um, and, and, and a lot of us engage with that particular topic from a very abstract point of view. Yes. It's, it's headlines, it's statistics. Yes. Um, but, but what we wanted to do today is just put faces yeah. um, to those stats, put faces to, to those headlines. Yes. Uh, you see these women, you speak to them, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's that's where you, that's based the space that you're in mm, um, yeah. and so we we wanted to to kind of have you walk us through mm. um, um, what what those experiences are and where we want to land is mm. is how does the gospel uh, seize an opportunity even in this darkness yes. Yes. Uh, to shine uh, to to bring hope to yes. bring light mm. um, and so I think yeah if, if you can walk us through mm. um, yeah, putting faces to to some of those experiences for us, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, Black, as you say, it's a huge topic, yeah. you know, but we can try. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we can try, and um, because when we speak of things like the abuse or violence towards women, it yeah. really is a sensitive topic. Sure. Um, but yes, it is concerning, because like you say, um, it's become 
you know, quite concerning. Not only in South Africa, we've seen the movements mm. around the world, you mm. know. Mm. And, 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 and in one sense, like you say, it's nice for me that we're having these conversations yeah. because then that means there is space to do something. Yes. Um, and in the, in the past, maybe it was not possible to always say these kind of things. Mm. So abuse is really like quite a huge thing and for me um, you know even in just the years that I've had um, experience with clients mm. and especially women mm. it really is quite frightening to be able to know to to hear that for most women who come in for counseling abuse is part of their narrative it's part of their experience sure. yeah. and so even the stats as frightening as they are you know you can imagine that's just what is reported yeah what about the stuff that's not reported? Exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. You know, a, a lot of people are, are quite scared. They're quite ashamed. They're quite, there's so much that goes into mm. uh, somebody who has gone through abuse, you know. And mm. I think for me, I would actually say abuse is a form of, um, you know, violation where there's a power imbalance, you know. Mm. Whether it is by strength or gender or, you know, position, mm. you know, it's a place whereby one person feels that they can get away sure. with, 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 with harming you or, or, you know, or abusing you or mm. doing something to you and nothing will happen to them, mm. you know. And I guess for why, why women is quite prevalent is because for the most part, the world has been quite, you know, patriarchal. Yeah. And, 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 and women generally, you know, it's almost like they don't, for them, there is this... Uh, part whereby they, they have to to abide by, you know, the, the standards and mm. even if you go to report the abuse, it's probably a male figure and they'll probably belittle it because the perpetrator in most cases is male as mm. well. Sure. And also the sad, sad part is that it's also in a, in, in terms of relationships where there is uh, trust. Sure. So for the most of the clients who come to see me, you can find that it's within the home. Mm. It's within the family, it's within relatives, you know. It's people who have been entrusted mm. with this person. And it could be anybody black. That's the scariest part. Sure. It could be a father, a, a stepfather, an uncle, a, mm. you know, a brother. Mm. You know, uh, somebody in the care, in the home, who, who is looking after this person. Mm. So for most of them, you can imagine there's a confusion of thinking that this person is supposed to be protecting me. Yes, yes. And yet they are the one who inflicting pain on me mm. so there are so many layers to clients who come with abuse because then you know you've got to really tread so carefully mm. on the one sense they're dealing with am i betraying this person am i going to bring you know more you know distribute to the family sure. so it, it, it's it's so complicated in many levels you know mm. but the one thing that's really important to mention is that um trust trust has been completely shattered mm. You know, any you know, any form of feeling secure or feeling safe has, has gone. Yeah. Sure. Because this person has actually violated, you know, anything, whether it is even in terms of verbal, because abuse could be many things. So most people think of abuse as physical. Mm. That's the obvious one because people see scars. Mm. And of course it's terrible, you know. But again, if if there is that kind of abuse in most cases, um, especially in when you have therapy or counseling, you'll realize that there's other forms of abuse that have been happening. Sure. So whether it's emotional yeah. or, or verbal or, you know, or, or any form of, of, of economic control, you mm. know, financial, you know, withholding anything. 
So it's been going on for a while, you know. Yeah. And and yes, it might not always end up in physical, but there's been elements of abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so these different kind of abuses are normally interlinked. Um, and, and one victim mm. would, ha- would some, most of the time go through a series of, of yeah. different kinds of abuses before they even get to you to, to chat to you. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Um, mm. And I think that's that's one thing I wanted to just bring out in, in, in the conversation we're having. I think yes. humanizing um, people. Yes. Because um, again, we I, I don't know even if the, the, the language victim is, mm. is, is something that We've, we've become very desensitized towards mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just like, ah, you, you're a victim. Mm-hmm. But we, we're not saying this is actually a human. This, yes. is, this is a woman who's made in the image of God, mm. who, has, who has feelings, who has thoughts, who has dreams and, yes. and all of that. And, and so I think, yeah, it's part of what I wanted us to do today. Mm-hmm. How, how can you help us mm. uh, who are not involved uh, in the work you're involved mm. or, or probably don't even interact with mm. people who do get uh, abuse or even if we do we're mm. just not aware of it yes how do we how, how can we humanize uh, these women uh, or people who are being abused yes. and, and not just talk of them as stats or headlines or numbers yes um, yeah 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 so again I, I think what you say is really nice because you use the word humanize yes because these people have been dehumanized mm. You know, their sense sure. of self, sense of identity, you know, sense of purpose. It's mm. like you, you question yourself on so many levels. And where there is abuse, there is trauma. Mm. And remember, trauma just affects your ability to cope, sure. ability to be functional, because you start actually wondering, you know, then who am I? What did I do to deserve mm. this? And they go through so many emotions. You know, there is this, you move from sad, sadness to anger to, you know, to, to depression, and sure. they even develop other other conditions. That's yeah. the saddest part. You find people go into anxiety conditions, depression. Sure. Some people even resort to substances. Sure. Because how do I cope? I'm having nightmares, I'm having flashbacks, I can't sleep, so yeah. I take alcohol or, you know, whatever, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Even, um, even medi- medication that's prescribed, whether it's sleeping tablets, whatever it is. Yeah. So you can imagine this person, in a sense, is, is, is completely broken. Mm. And they actually f- end up wondering, you know, there must be something wrong with me. Mm. You know, there must be something. I can't be. I'm, maybe I did something to deserve it, this. Mm. And so um, to be able to, to just, like you say, walk with somebody, see them as human or validate that mm. or encourage them is really important. Sure. And so, yes, counseling is part of it, whereby you try and walk that journey with somebody mm. just try to really validate their their feelings and experiences because again remember people are you know like you use you said some of the words also we use you know victim mm. it, it's tricky i know some of these things get academic yes yes, yes and right yes. now people <laughs> are going to survivor more than victim yeah, yeah because victim actually connotes the idea that there's something that you did to be a target and that's why you find stories of even people who come to counseling and tell you that they've maybe if it's say for example if it's something like rape it's not the first time so that's why they start labeling themselves as victim and there must be something that they do for this you know or something that's wrong about them so i think as human beings we don't have to experience something to be able to say it's true or to acknowledge it sure you know, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that's where we go wrong. We kind of feel that something is only true or is only valid if I've gone through yeah, it. Yeah, sure. 
So if, 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 if you come or if someone comes and tells you this is what happens to me, you are like, oh, you know, but you know, you know, mm. people really invalidate the experience. Sure. And then what that does is it re-traumatizes the person. Yeah, yeah. Because I can only imagine if mm. I've gone through trauma and I come to you yeah. to speak to you seeking some form of help mm. and then, and then you, you're questioning what I've gone through. So, it, it, yeah, I mean, I mm. think it's, it's more traumatic mm. instead of actually just listening yes. um, and, and trying to understand exactly what it is that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I mean, I was thinking of the case of uh, Uyineni, mm-hmm, um, and, and I just heard a quote um, that her, her mother said at, at her funeral yeah. um, that she warned Uyineni about every other place except the, yeah. the post office. Mm. Um, and I think just even that one statement mm. uh, kind of highlights the truth that uh, you don't have to just be in the dark corners in the clubs or wherever mm. we typically think abuse happens, mm. Mm. Uh, but the stuff is happening everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, so how can you how can you speak to and, and and I know we frame the conversation in saying that perpetrators are normally men, mm. but it's just that's that's the the number of of of, of cases indicate that that most of the time mm. it's likely men mm. um, how, how can you help men mm. um, who, who say I, I, I want to stand up mm. this is wrong this mm. shouldn't be happening mm. uh, wherever they are because mm. then you might say I don't go to a club as a man or whatever the case may be but yes. but you at work yes you at church yes at the playground you're at the mall yes and, and clearly this could happen anyway yes um, how would you encourage a man who says, I actually want to do something, stand up, okay. uh, be aware, what should I be looking out for? Yes. Um, yeah, how can I step in and get my hands muddy? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, I, I will keep referring to the word that you use because I think it really is key in mm. terms of, you know, humanizing someone, thinking mm. of the other person, you know, and sure. even as... If we think about the whole, the you know, the two most important commandments in the Bible, where we yeah. say, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind," and the second one is, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of yeah. like sums it up because somebody, you know, so that person could be is your neighbor. Mm. You know, mm. is your neighbor. So, and most of us have got sisters, mothers, daughters, sure. something, even friends. You sure. know, and beyond that, like I'm saying, it's your neighbor. So. As a male, yes, I honestly believe that um, it would be nice to see, you know, for men who'd be able to stand up for this, to call it out, yeah. you know, rather than maybe, you know, in most cases, unfortunately, you know, we, as human beings, and it happens to all of us, mm. when something happens, we tend to get defensive and sure. want to defend against it. Sure. But it's like I'm saying, what I'm saying, validate the experience. Mm. It really, truly is happening. Mm. And it's not about it being at night or like you say, in an alley or some dingy place. Mm. It's happening en- everywhere and anywhere, you know. Mm. It's, it's, it could be in the workplace, in the homes, in the day, you know. Mm. It, it happens actually in any part of society. Mm. So for the men who want to stand up for this, you know, it's just about thinking about this person is your neighbor. Sure. And how do I call it out and not mm. be complicit, even in the discussions. Sure. You know, things like, um, mm. you know, as they say, uh, what do they say, objectifying women. Yes. Things yes. like dressing, you know. Yes. And, uh, you know, I have actually been in a, 
place whereby, you know, with teenage boys, and they say, but girls shouldn't dress that way. Sure. 14-year-olds. Yes. 13-year-olds saying that. And, and you can sure. imagine it's the society we are going through, what they are hearing from other men, yes. you know, because dress is not complicit to, to consent. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so you've got to navigate and talk through to them and say, no, but you, it's, it's never okay. Mm. It's never okay, whether it's verbally or making fun of anybody, mm, you know, yeah, and yeah. it starts from there, you know, making fun, objectifying, whether it's the body, you know, the, all these things happen. Mm, and mm. it's, it's kind of like these kind of narratives are, you know, almost like a rite of male passage. Sure, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it could be something as innocuous as silly discussions, which are considered silly. You mm. know, we've had them even with our politics politicians in America, they're yeah. told it's boy talk, sure. <laughs> you know, sure. in the locker room talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but then what that happens is then when you meet somebody and you feel it's okay to touch them inappropriately mm. or to proposition them, yeah. that is harassment, sure. you know, then it will go further because then you feel if you, you know, you're stronger or if you're, you know, the boss or if you're the caregiver. Mm. So as males, really, that's where it comes in to say that from the onset, from the discussions, don't be complicit, sure. you know, and yeah. it goes all the way to the fact that if you see somebody actually going through something like that, yeah. you know, walk, walk with them, sure. you know, that's what is a neighbor, walk with them, walk alongside with them, yeah. try and, you know, be that support structure. Sure. Yeah. No, that's mm. good. Mm. Um, no, I really appreciate that. And I think it's, it's really insightful to mm. know that... Um, by the time we get to the murder or the rape, mm. that's the worst form mm. of, of harassment, but mm. it doesn't start there. Um, and I mean, if, if 13-year-old boys are, are talking like that mm. now, mm. Um, yeah, what kind of society are we, are we building? Yes. These guys are supposed to be the future leaders. Yes. Um, sure. Um, where, where, do you, where do you work? <laughs> yeah. yeah um well at the moment i'm at the tail end okay so i'm just about to 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 complete my studies okay but i am still uh, registered as a counselor yeah, yeah but by next year i should be registered as a counseling psychologist ah, so at the moment i do work still in the midran area and mm. i am fortunate to have Christchurch. okay and as part of the counseling ministry, it means I still see clients yeah, yeah. Um, at, at least from, from the church. Okay. And so it's, it's generally for now, it's just within the Midrand area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I remember in one interview you did, you said you also work with um, students. Yes. In university. How, how much of that work are you involved in, in yeah. on campus? Okay. Yeah. So that was actually as part of my training. Oh, so see. in the yeah. universities, um, you do get to these the, 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 the departments there. Yeah, yeah. And you actually get to sit in day after day and see all the students. Okay. So for me, actually, it was quite a shock because I have kids who are almost getting there. Yeah, sure. And to be able to work with students, these young adults who are so fresh from home, who are so trusting. Yeah. And, and, and sure. these things happen even in, on campus, yeah. you know, in, in res in the environments yeah. you know in johannesburg you actually get people who go through very traumatic incidences yeah, you know yeah. in abuse so um at that point at that time for the last two years two three years mm. a lot of my work has been within the university students okay yes yeah, yeah. sure yes. and yeah. i mean that's where we we've seen a lot of um riots we've mm. seen a lot of movements mm. uprisings and all of that mm. particularly trying to fight against mm. uh, this kind of behavior in our society yes um and um, and i think they they've been a, a very vital voice mm. uh, 
uh, for, for us to actually even have conversations. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I think before, before the students took to the streets, mm -hmm. we spoke about these things, but, but in our closed doors, yes. didn't seem like anybody wanted to do anything. Yes. Uh, even on public platforms, nobody would even be brave enough to, to come in and talk about this. Yeah. Um, so, so I just, yeah, I, I always thank them for yeah. Yeah, just braving uh, up and, 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 and stepping up. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's interesting because I think the generation is also stepping up, to be yes, honest with you. Yes. I mean, if you think of, like you're saying, all the fees must fall and all these yes, movements. Yes. And it's nice because, you know, I guess when you're young, you, you know, you have <laughs> you know, energy. Yeah, there's the energy <laughs> and, and you've got the cause. And it's nice to see yeah. people being so clued up on social justice yes. and just saying we're not going to take this yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and you're right that between that and social media they're the ones who are causing the biggest movements yeah, yeah sure you know so yeah. i think it's they really must be applauded yeah they should yes they should, yeah i think yeah as we get to the end of our conversation mm -hmm. um uh, i just wanted to to kind of think about christians who are watching this yes um who who have what we believe is by far the most glorious message in the world yes uh, and that is the gospel of jesus christ yes. the, the only power that can transform mm. the world mm. and, and we have it yes in, in our hands as christians um, how do we not just take the gospel and shelve it mm. uh, and say well all of this stuff is happening on social media mm. or out there mm. we're not going to get involved mm. um, but how do we actually just take that glorious gospel yes get our hands dirty yes uh, particularly with the conversation that we having mm -hmm. uh, so so how can we how can you help christians mm -hmm. navigate uh, these murky waters mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think you said it well mm. that truly the, the the hope the good news is the gospel yeah and and as christians we've got actually that capacity you know like christ said when you light a lamp you don't put it under the bed sure <laughs> so if you've had the good news you yeah. honestly have the responsibility you know yes. what all it's a great commission yeah yeah to go out there and, and be the salt and the light. Mm. And however that comes with a lot of tact, with a lot of, um, you know, a little bit more of people skills, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. And, and, and you're right, it's not about just shoving the gospel as well. Yeah. It's about, you know, and, and I think we've got a wonderful, um, uh, you know, we've got a wonderful person in, term, in, the terms, of, in terms of Jesus to, to mm. see. When you read the gospel and how he interacted with people, yes. you know, he actually got into it. Yeah. You know, he, he, he jumped into it and yeah. practically, you know, in all ways, spiritually encouraging, yes. you know, he walked the walk. Yeah. And so as Christians, we know, you know, we know that the, the ultimately the hope is just in Christ, yeah. you know, and he's the only one who can heal the brokenness. Mm. And we know the source of brokenness. Mm. Again, that's the thing, you know, we do know that this world is broken. Mm. And we know that the true healing comes in being in Christ. And again, with things like abuse, remember we've said their identity is completely shattered sure. in terms of how they see themselves, you know, whether it's like a mom, a woman, you know, anything, mm. a daughter, a sister. And as Christians, this is why it's, it's so critical because then we realize that it's about affirming that your identity is in Christ. Yeah. It's not about your experiences. It's not about what somebody has said about you or done mm. to you. Mm. And yes, sure. that is terrible, but it's about really being able to walk that path mm. and say that... Um, it's Christ who makes more of us, sure. you know? Yeah. So it's not about thinking less of ourselves mm. or thinking about those things that define us. Mm. However, we still need to get really sensitive and practical. And, yeah. and it's about just 
being able, you know, like Christ, weep with those who weep as well, yeah. you know, and, 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 and being maybe, you know, for the most part, sitting with somebody, mm. just being there with them, encouraging them, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so that they can actually be able to, to you know, it, it, you validate the humanity. Sure. It's not just about, oh, what do you need? Or, you know, quick, quick, quick. Or, yeah. you know, or, or, or let's go straight and, you know, like also like not too much of spiritualizing. Mm. So it's about doing both. You sure. know, we know the gospel is encouraging. So use it as an encouraging tool. Yeah. But on the other hand, being practical. Yeah. What does this person need at the moment? Yeah. You know, and especially if you see somebody whose behavior has just changed. Sure. You know, that ought to tell you that something's not right. Yeah, something is up. Yeah, so, sure. you know, sit down, hear them out, hear their story, because that's exactly what it is even with counseling. You want to be able to give them the space mm. to really go through the story, um, go through the emotions, mm. you know. And then, in, 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 you know, as, as the Holy Spirit leads, you know, encourage them through mm. scripture. Mm. You know, let them understand that God loves them, mm. you know, and God's there for them and they, the, God's purpose for us still stands sure. whatever it is you know yeah. and the practical part of it you know be involved what does this person need mm. you know in, in whatever small ways if you can if the church can as a christian you know if this person maybe is down yeah. you know go there take them a meal sure That's you good. know call yeah. them out if they have kids you know take the kids you yeah. know mm. like just just be human yeah <laughs> there's yeah. really no other way so as christians knowing what we know about yeah. brokenness and the hope in christ yeah. we really can do both ways we can encourage them through scripture but and we can also walk the talk yeah that's so, good yeah thank yeah. you so much avi um if you can yeah somebody's watching this and they might uh be somebody who's uh, gone through yeah. abuse mm -hmm. and they 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 want to get a hold of you or mm. get in touch with you mm -hmm. um, where where can people um, contact you mm -hmm. if if they want some counseling yes yeah. yes yes um, yeah so I think for anyone who's going through this I think for me it's important to really say that you're not alone yeah. and nothing that happened is your fault nothing at all mm. there's nothing anyone can say to you for you to think that um, you know that you're a victim you know mm. um, and just to say that there is hope there is help mm. and and it is a long journey and it is a process but there is there is hope and there is healing mm. you know and for me I do work from Christchurch Midrand and mm. in the Christchurch Midrand website we do have the counseling support ministry mm -hmm. and there is a link there where you can always click mm -hmm. in counseling and the other counselors are there myself I'm also part of the the, 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 the counselors who are listed on it and it's simple, you know, you can just book into it and ask for you know, to meet or for a session yeah. and yeah, you can find me there but okay. truly to say anyone who's been through this, yeah. there is hope yeah. you know, yeah. Amen, amen for that thank yeah. you so much Avi, yeah, really you. appreciate it um, yes. thank you so much for watching this, I mm -hmm. uh, hope it was encouraging, hopefully um, yeah, you, you got something from it uh, and I, I do pray that that God by His Holy Spirit may help all of us um, as, as we try and navigate uh, the brokenness in this world with the gospel. Um, so with that said, thank you so much again for watching this episode. Check out our other episodes, subscribe to our podcast, um, and obviously there's other resources on the website that will be helpful uh, for, for various things. Uh, so with that said, grace and peace. Thank you. Thank you.